And you are tuning in to Why Not Sports with the homie D Murph. So why not? Why not? Why not sports? It impacts your everyday life. Why not sports? It's more than on and off the court. Why not sports? Hey. Why not sports? Yeah. Why not sports? It impacts your everyday life. Why not sports? It's more than on and off the court. Why not sports? Hey. Why not sports? D Murph. D Murph. You a fool for this one. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, <clears throat> I have to clear my throat on this one, especially for my people in the Midwest who went to uh, high school in Chicago. It's good to know I've, uh, it took a few years, but I'm back connected with a brother. That hoops, family man, again, grew up in the same area, know the same people, but we all have our, we both have our own podcast. And this gentleman, when I talk about thought provoking, some of the tweets he posted, I was like, yo. This guy really in the lab doing things that the mainstream media outlets either don't hit on, wait for people like him to talk about so they can quote unquote get credit. But anyway, I'll let him hit on that. But bringing a fresh, intelligent, thought provoking perspective and even a voice over specialist. World, help me welcome Zach from the Off the Glass Podcast. What's up, bro? Welcome to Why Not Sports. Thanks for having me, Derek, man. Like we said, Murph, when we was talking offline, it's funny how the universe works, how yeah. things go and come full circle. Uh, first, <laughs> thank you for that, that glowing uh, introduction. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, definitely glad we were able to link. Uh, fan of what you're doing. Came appreciate across you, you when you were out to me so i'm glad you did because i was not familiar with your work but once you did i started tapping in listening and supporting and i, I love what you got going and love what you're building over there so anytime i could always share platforms with guys that are really passionate what they do you know it makes me want to continue to keep podcasting and producing this content so thanks for having me man appreciate it no i appreciate you man uh, as someone that knew my journey as a as an athlete back in the late 90s all it did was carry over into my adult years and this mic yeah 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 I, yeah you know it's it's funny because uh all those experiences i've had it seems like the more i reflect as i continue to to grow this platform and build this brand and the ultimate goal is to turn it into a media network and things mm -hmm. of that nature i think about what the true purpose was for all those things playing basketball and why I fell in love with the game and actually being kind of away from the game, you know, yeah. um, you know, but, you know, I'm definitely glad, like I said, here to be on your, your platform, man. So, you know, let's get into it. Yes, sir. So we're going to talk about basketball. Yes, sir. How, how did your love of basketball even start? So I'm somebody that you call a I was a child prodigy. Uh, for real, for real. Uh, I know people say that kind of stuff, but that's that's facts. You know, I sometimes in life, and I say, you know, I just share that with how things come full circle. Right. I was kind of ahead of my time. I could imagine growing up in this era of rankings and 
AAU being where it is and YouTube and social media, I definitely would have been one of those those young players on there. I played something called Small Fry Basketball coming up. Mm-hmm. I lived in the city of Chicago, grew up on the far east side. So for my true east sider stand up, that stuff, <laughs> you know, I was east of Stony. I know they say state to the lake, but for us on the east side, we feel like Stony and Jeffrey is east side. You know, yeah. so I grew up on 83rd in Yates. And um, attended, though, Martha A. Ruggles in the heart of Chatham on 78th and Prairie. So on the other side a little bit. So uh, we moved to a home of Flossmore area when I was going halfway through seventh grade. But small fry was like my best years. You know, I was a short guy. I uh, was able to play five years, which is unheard of. And my era, you know, I always name drop just to give people context. But my era of playing small fry, you talking about guys like Sean Dockery, D. Brown, Will Bynum, Jason Strait, uh, I mean, just a bunch of guys. Yeah. Guy Royce, parent that went to Chicago State, he's a little bit younger than me, but, you know, Cordell Henry was ahead of me. Yeah. You know, I, I, I could just name them all because Small Fry produced all the best guards, and even still to this day, to a certain degree. I mean, somebody like Chase that played at Orr, Marion Tyler, Euless played Small Frost. So, like, the Cappy Pondex to play Small Frost. So, the list was crazy. So, mm-hmm. did that for a while. Oh, I cannot forget my guys out west. The Bailey Brothers, yep. Martin and Dave, played against those guys. So, did that, man. And at one point was one of the top seventh graders in the state. Then we moved to the suburbs. Things kind of just changed. Um, we were one of the few early blacks out there. Flossmore in a lot of ways. So, still predominantly white. And it was just a lot of politics driven. So I didn't even play seventh grade. I played eighth grade, got to high school. Freshman year was small, but started on the A team. I was maybe five feet tall, 95 pounds. Okay. Sophomore year, same thing. But now we're in the politics thing. So now they're playing guys that they feel like is going to move up and play varsity. I'm killing them in in practice. You know, the second unit as the point guard, playing when I get in games. You know, I remember I finally got some minutes at Bloom, came in off the bench, had like eight points in the fourth quarter. We win the game, so still doing stuff like that. Get to my junior year, go to all the conditioning. And what made that kind of disappointing, being honest with you, Roy Condotti was the coach. He come from Western House. You just, mm-hmm. you know, for those of us who know high school basketball, Jimmy Sanders, small yeah. guard, you know, one of the best to ever do it. And I get to my junior year, he tells me I'm too small, even though, I held my own. I should at least play JV. Then by my senior year, it was really a joke because I was the best point guard in our in our sit in our school. I mean, mm-hmm. we have guys in our junior class that was good, like Jamal Byers that went on to play, I think, at UNO in Omaha. But hands down, my senior year, I was the best point guard in the school. And he told me he'd rather keep a junior than a senior. And I remember going to open gym for the tryout, the official trial, even though the team was picked. And we beat TJ and Garland, them boys. We beat them by like 30. We beat the second team by like 20. And as the young folks say, like, no cap. Like, yeah. like for real, for real. To the point he made them run afterwards. Like, he made them run for like an hour straight. And it was like me, my guy Marcus, who I played junior college with and played four years at, Benedictine with. That should have made the team. He told Marcus he didn't like the guys he hung around. But all the guys on the team was our friends. So it was just a yeah. – know a weird dynamic at hf but almost gave up on the game end up going down to northeast community college in norfolk nebraska i leave the spring of 2000 5 7 130 pounds i come home that spring 6 3 180 wow 
Rose Burke body kind of came into his own. Now I got the bounce and all that kind of stuff and had an okay junior college career. Not going to lie, I was like sixth, seventh man, but wasn't the best student. So I had to take time off yeah. and I didn't want to forfeit my eligibility because I had already registered. So I ended up going to Benedictine University out in Lyle, Division three. At the time, highest ranking in school history. We went like 40 and 15 in two years, tournaments. Uh, last, I think it was about five years ago now, they actually surpassed all that. They were undefeated, so they lost in the championship game. But one of the best teams in school history. Then from there, did the minor league circuit, IBL, ABA, uh, PBL with stops in Rockford, the Chicago team, Halifax, yeah. Nova Scotia, which is now part of the Canada Canadian League. And then had a short, you know, as they say, cup of coffee in the top league in Poland. And then came back home and then finished out my last two years in the top second division in Finland. So very proud of my career. A lot of ways it was kind of disappointing. But to be able to persevere, right? still become a pro, even though it wasn't at the highest level. But then come home in the summer and play against guys. And I don't even say hold my own, be just as good as some of these guys that you may hear about, like the... The, the Jeremy Pargos, the Jacob Pullins, the Maurice Ackers, like all those yeah. guys. Like, people could say what they want to say, and people might have had bigger careers, but they knew, you know, as they say, left hand Zach was somebody that could play, you know. Yeah. Shouts out to my man Jay Miles, the other lefty from the from the suburbs as well. Jimmy so, Miles. Yeah, Jimmy Miles. Yeah. That's, that's my guy right yeah. there. So, you know, long story, kind of long-winded, but I like telling them when I get the opportunity yeah. to because it just lets you know about not giving up and i tell these young people man you got to have a a backup plan uh to be honest with you i probably pursued it too long in a lot of ways because it didn't mean i wasn't good enough per se Mm. but you know it is what it is had some great experiences got to travel the country for sure and got to see the world a little bit so you know develop those relationships so now i'm here with the podcast and it's helping to you know, to lend credibility when I have certain type of guests on and they respect what you're doing, you know. So that's my basketball story in a nutshell. But I fell in love with it early, early. Mom played 19 months in the gym, all that kind of stuff. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting, man, how a lot of the people you were talking about are the same people I played with or against or just knew of because of the era we played ball in, man. So that's mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely uh, brings back great memories and uh, yeah, man, it's, it's it's good. Like you said, it's good to to just go back and it was a lot of talent doing that era uh, in Chicago yeah. basketball. Yes, <laughs> I mean just the Chicagoland area. Like I remember because uh, Hillcrest had like the only outdoor court in the area. Yeah, I remember like taking our five and going up there. And I remember seeing D-Wade at like 15, 16. Like nobody yeah. knew who he was. Yeah. His older brother actually was nice. And seeing him out there play and then like fast forward two years from there, he's at Richards and <laughs> as they say, the rest is history. But I, you know, if I ever get him on the podcast, like I'm going to tell him that story. Like I remember watching you at fit, like this crazy. Like yeah. I said, some of these experiences, bro. And the different places we hooped at, whether yeah. it was the rec center and Country Club Hills, the yeah. rec in Cal Park. You know, that's why I say, you know, it's funny because the talent in Chicago, Chicago, Chicago land is so deep. Yeah. But definitely be known as one of them guys when you walk in. Yeah, I might not get brought up in all the conversations, but when I get I walk in the gym, they see your face like guys know you can hoop and guys yeah. know you got working and they respect it. So that's cool for me. Yes, sir. And also what's even cooler for me is the fact that 
not only did you play, you played professionally and you was being humble. You say long-winded. I like to say you got to tell a story so the listeners can have an understanding on, you know, what you actually did. But how did you come up? Well, first, why did you start a podcast? So I got into podcasting. I'm so I'm mad at myself, man. And... <laughs> You know, no, and seriously, and I'm gonna use this time to kind of teach a little bit because okay. when I talk to young people, especially black males, yeah, this era, just do a bunch of different things. Because if I would have started my podcasting career when I first started listening to podcasts, which was 06, oh yeah, filming that stuff, then you know, who knows where I would be now? I feel like a lot of times as a people, we're late to the party a lot of times, and now we got to play catch up. So I've always listened to podcasts going way back to just being honest before he kind of went left a little bit. But Ron Rosillo used to host the NBA podcast on ESPN. Mm-hmm. And it was like the only podcast ESPN had at the time. Even their main shows didn't even really have podcasts yet. So th- that's when I first started really listening. And then, like I said, I was sitting there one night watching TNT on Thursday, I believe it was. And somebody was just saying something ridiculous. And I was just like, Man, what are you talking about? My wife was like, babe, why don't you just start a podcast? And I was like, all right. <laughs> so, like, for real. So I started doing the research. But one thing about my wife, she's serious. She's like, we're not going to do nothing halfway. Yeah. Oh, I got the name. Trademark. You know, that's why I tell people when they introduce it, don't short it. Like, that's trademarked off the glass podcast. Don't call it the off the glass or because of my Twitter name, because Twitter only lets you have so many characters. Like, no, nah, I trademarked all that. She was like, you got, you know, I came up with a mission statement working with one of my guys and, you know, just really take it serious, built a website. I don't write as much as I used to, but I got about close to 60, give or take 50, 60 blog posts on there. So I was writing. And you know what, Murph? I just thought I was going to get all these interviews. Like, yeah, I know this guy. We play ball together. And reality set in and nobody was responding and no email. So I had to kind of learn how to do it by myself so yeah. now i'm comfortable actually hosting a whole show and then you know my first kind of big interview far as listeners was my man jabba jabba you know chicago legend mm-hmm. he came on and then i got like my first mainstream guest coach david thorpe he was like one of the first you know trainers that kind of got popular yep he came on really knows the game knowledgeable and then I got Matrix on. So we kind of was building a little bit. But it wasn't until I came across Rashad Phillips. <laughs> and I remembered him in the Horizon League because my my good friend, like a brother, we grew up together. My man Joel Bullock played against him at UIC in the Horizon League. And I had another guy that both of them played small part for my dad, but Earl Brown, who played at Loyola. Uh, so I remember going to watch them play. So I remember Rashad. Like, I remember him being nice. Not like how these trolls be treating him on Twitter sometimes. I'm like, nah, like this dude was yeah, nice. Yeah. I remember going to watch him play. And I just saw him one day on somebody's stuff. I reached out and he responded. And Murph, I can't tell you. People ask me how do we meet and all this. I can't tell you why. I just be like the universe just lay things out, man. Yeah. You just got to do the work. Just do the work. Write stuff down. Have a vision board. And who knows what can happen. But we just literally stayed in touch. We did that first show. And then I was kind of on the Kawhi not going to the Lakers thing. Like, me and him was kind of saying the same thing. I didn't think it was the Clippers. I thought he was going to stay in Toronto. But we gotcha. were kind of saying the same thing. So when it broke, I was like, you down to do a show real quick about it? 
and we did the show and then we kind of just stayed in touch and then i was like hey man i want to come down there to orlando and cover a game so paid my way went out there he got me into the game that's where you know i got the different clips from eric spolstra and tyler hero and bam in the locker room and now like i said we we build and now i'm in position to say that you know i'm gonna be hosting a live draft show with him draft night Nice. Um, live from Atlanta, me and my other guy that I met along this podcasting journey, a young up and coming guy, Max. He has the MVP podcast. So now we're here with Sports Talk 2319 and, you know, we're moving and shaking. And to be honest with you, I've only taken it, quote unquote, serious like this at this level for about a year. OK. For about a year. But again, just just doing the work and becoming passionate about it and doing my research and listening to other people and just not taking no for an answer and now i really feel like i found my calling like i really found my purpose i know what i'm supposed to be doing and i just love creating content i almost like the the producing part than yeah. actually being in front of the mic putting the videos together coming up with good content you know leaning on my wife she always has great ideas like the last podcast i did with my man daniel artes we do the compared the wire characters to nba players yeah yep. idea but then being able to go back and put the pictures to it and all that so just one of those things in life murph man as i get older just finding my purpose and just feeling good about you know what i'm doing so that's how i got into podcasting man that's dope now i got i gotta ask the other question how did you come up with off the glass it could have been behind the glass 24 second <laughs> shot clock why off the glass because you used to throw off the glass to your your homeboy, he used to just do his thing or what? You know what? It's funny. I, I'm not gonna lie, that might have popped in my head because me and my guy Marcus, those that knows, was like, I he used to catch all the oops and then it's funny. <laughs> and I started catching oops, but I used to be able to throw it to him anywhere. But no, it was literally one of those things. Um, you know, prior to this, I was a police officer for five years, so I just walked away in April. But um, riding around the squad car, just writing down names, coming up with different things. And I just liked it. It had a good ring to it. And I ran it by her, and I was like, what you think? And she was like, yeah, I like that. Nice. And, you know, it came, took me about 30 minutes, pulled the squad car over. I might have <laughs> been on duty, might not have been, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just started jotting some stuff down and came up with it. And like I said, I trademarked it. So... I kind of started the podcast sooner than later before I got the trademark approved. So that was kind of like a roll of the dice, but the NBA season was starting. And if anybody has ever trademarked anything, like it's already a slow process. It yes, it is. Five, six months for you to get approved to make sure you have it. So I kind of rolled the dice hoping it came through and it, and it did. So, yeah, that certificate, man, I got mine framed. <laughs> You know what? I should. I'm not going to lie. It's somewhere around here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as long as I keep up with the dates, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's all that matters. Yeah. But you know what? That's a good idea. I probably should. Come you on, know? man. Cause yeah. Yeah. That it, was a big thing. Expensive, too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Expensive, too. <laughs> yeah, man. So for that listener out there, if you really got something that you put your heart and soul to, like Zach said, if you're passionate about it, Please get it trademarked. It goes a long way because that's for one, people gonna take you serious, and two, that's something for at least for me. It keeps me motivated because I look at it. 
I actually I got it framed in my closet. So whenever I change clothes or put on my clothes, I look at it to keep me motivated mm-hmm. to keep pushing. Mm-hmm. 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 So I just want to yeah, throw that I out. I mean, that's 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 big, and you know, I got another one in the works. You know, I'm waiting for the name to come back. It's gonna be a dope concept. So there you go. You no, know, we we keep we keep creating new content. We yeah. keep creating new content. So the trademark thing is important, and also yes. too, invest in yourself. Like I. I bought a decent mic at first. It was like a 60-some, $70 mic. You know, don't just, if you really want to take it serious, you got to be able to separate yourself. And one way to do that is make sure your stuff sounds legit. Right. And make sure you're being consistent. Now I got to the point where, you know, humble brag, I got my sure, you know, drop some bread on a real nice mic and got my old Procaster Pro and all that kind of stuff. But starting out, people always ask me, I was like, get your recorder. But make sure you get you a quality mic, man. Yeah. Don't, you know, it's going to be worth it in the long run um, if you look back and hear your quality because people going to listen for them first five to ten seconds. Yep. If you can't hear you, it's low, it's muffled, the signal ain't right, like right. people going to turn you off. Yep. So, you know, when you're fighting for that space, you got to make sure that quality is where it needs to be. Hey, y'all, you, you just heard Zach. He, he giving you gems. He's doing a live draft show coming up, linked up with Shad Phillips, who is on my bucket list. So, Shad, when you hear this, I ain't forgot about you, brother. I know you busy. We all busy, but we're going to make it happen. Um, so, with your content, though, Zach, like, what made you dissect people's game, though? That's a good question. It's because of how I played. Okay. Uh, those who are close to me and know me, I was a cerebral point guard, mm. uh, past first point guard. Probably should have been a little bit more selfish, being honest, but always been able to pass and just think the game, like see the game on angles. And I was just always a nerd. Like I remember this to this day. There was a VHS tape. It's on DVD now. You know, you know, have DVDs. <laughs> yeah. But it was called um, NBA Showman, Spectacular Guards of the NBA. So, mm-hmm. like, Magic on there, Pete Maravich, Isaiah. And um, I remember Pete Maravich's father saying he used to talk to his son about conceptualizing the game and how you have to think two and three patterns ahead. So, like, I remember hearing this, like, eight, nine, ten years old, and that just always kind of just resonated with me. So when I would go and play, I could – see people open like sometimes Murph, I would take a turnover throw the ball out of bounds just to show that oh after you set that pick you was open on that slip mm. so I say this like when I watch the game like that's how I watch the game like I I can't help it that's how I watch the game and it was frustrating to me because I felt like guys who played the game couldn't always break it down like that I just think it was very you know, elementary the way we kind of critique the game. And mm-hmm. then now in the era of hot takes and agendas and people wanting to be first instead of being right and people just kind of just saying anything. Mm-hmm. And couple that with my background in social science with a concentration in history. So basically I have a history degree and just loving information. I like to see things and then go and fact check it. Yeah. So nine times out of ten, it's not really about being right far as proving to people I'm right or the smartest person it's about being right because I feel like we're at the point now we're at a dangerous spot in media period where people are just making up stuff and it's like writing history and it's the same thing in basketball 
So for example, when I go back and do a podcast in in reaction to the last dance, and you got former players talking about Jordan wouldn't score 40 because of this, this, and this. And then I had to go back and say, well, actually, he averaged 37. And they're saying things like because of the triangle, no, Phil wasn't the coach. You know, they didn't run triangle. So, like, from for me having that that purist, yeah. you know, that word a lot, just basketball purist, I just feel like I love the game. It's giving me so much. I just can't shortchange it or cheat it. And that's just yeah. how I am as a person. So when I come to my content, and then I don't know, you know, certain things you got to know what your your calling is and your gift. And right. it's not about being cocky or bragging. It's just knowing your gift. And my gift is being able to see things and then articulate it to people so they can mm. understand it. And those are some of the compliments I get all the time that I really appreciate when people tell me stuff like, I don't even follow the game, but the way you break it down, I like that. Or I never thought about it like that. You're yeah. right. Or even my mom, my last podcast, she's like, I didn't even watch The Wire. But the way you broke everything down, I felt like I knew the characters. So that was just like one of my gifts. And it's just something that comes out in my content. And I always want to not only be true to the game, but also true to myself. So that's why I'm able to do things like that. And it's just, again, knowing your purpose and knowing your strengths. It's, it's really that simple. Now, now, Zach, for us, it's simple. But for a lot of people, man, they like you know, it, it doesn't come that easy. Maybe they don't take the time to evaluate their passion or their purpose, or maybe they just hard headed, or they operate in the wrong lane, mm. trying to fit in. People, yeah, and, yeah, and if it's like if life was a highway right now, everybody just weaving in and out of lanes. Like there's no order. It's just controlled chaos in a lot of ways. A lot of ways and i feel like if people was in a lane more like i'm not a math guy yeah that's one of the reasons why i'm majoring in history keeping it <laughs> fuck. not a math guy all i had to take was quantitative reasoning you know so some people might be great with numbers but you over here trying to do this no maybe you should be in an accountant or maybe you should work with numbers within yeah. the game of basketball but even that gets kind of tricky to some people so all i'm saying is though i just think some people nowadays i think everybody is kind of in this race to be famous and this race to be first and they're compromising you know their principles of themselves and they're getting themselves out of lanes and in lanes that they shouldn't be in i think that's what's going on as well there it is hey y'all i know y'all heard plenty of uh, things that i've said throughout the past or throughout the years of me doing this but listen to zach <laughs> listen to him don't be trying to fit in or be first. It, it, it's not going to last. I promise you. But I will promise you this. His, and I, I'm going based on your social media now. Which, again, it makes sense. Because when I think of the draft, I had to scratch my head. Okay. Until you brought it to my attention about the top five scores. Oh, and I just dropped today. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. And I was like, I only know... Three, maybe two out of the three. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, talk about that right quick, man. Because none of these are projected to be number one, two, or three. No, it's just, and what I was even trying to do with that, like everybody's kind of doing these kind of like generic lists. And in a lot of ways, we're still trying to put people in positions, but we're in an era of, which I think is a beautiful era 
uh, by the way, you know, coming from a guy who still I still behold into the 90s and the 80s. Um, but today the guys are so much more skilled, so much more athletic. I yes. will argue when we're saying they're not skilled, what we're really complaining about is the application. They don't always, quote unquote, know how to play. And it makes sense because we're talking about guys in their early 20s versus, you know, the greats that we grew up watching who played three, four years in, you know, in college. It's right. just a different dynamic. But with positionless basketball, it's like, okay, the deepest position in the draft, once you really break it down, is point guard. I mean, there's so many guys I didn't even mention. So I could do a top five point guard list pretty easy. Then from there, it's like we really don't have shooting guards anymore. We have wings and we have creators and combo guards. So mm -hmm. I did my combo guards. I did my wings. We still have the big man, but we don't have quote unquote centers and power fours. We just have big men. So yep. I was able to do that list. And then it was guys that I'm looking like, I know these guys are NBA players, but when I was scouting them, I was like, these guys are just flat out scores. And that's when I came with, you know, Mason Jones, who's been talked about a lot. A lot of people know who that is, Arkansas. And then you have uh, his teammate on there, Isaiah Joe. Mm -hmm. And then as Elijah Hughes, who carried a mediocre Syracuse team this year. And then, of course, you know about Marcus Howard and Miles Powell. I mean, because they were prolific scorers in college. So just trying to come up with a different dynamic. But these other two guys, and it's ironic, they went to Arkansas because they both are bigger guards. They both remind me of like Joe Johnson, who of course went there. Yep. And they can just flat out score and then have that length and that shooting ability where if you can get them to be solid on defense, they can potentially not be a three and D guy like they like to say, a guy that can shoot threes and play D, but right. with their scoring prowess and their ability to get a basket, they're gonna help somebody's team right away. So I got like two more lists in my bag that's that's coming out. I'm gonna have it's actually three players that I'm going to have that I think can be superstars that nobody's talking about. And then I'm going to have a list of other guys that should be getting some love. So I'll share it on your show, my three who I believe are superstars. I already did one video for the first guy. Okay. That's RJ Hampton. Yep. And I talked to a reliable source last night. They said, Murph, they said, what he doing in these workouts, bro? Mm. He says Charlotte and the Wizards are trying to talk, you know, set up workouts with him now. Wow. So I'm not saying he's going to probably leapfrog some folks, but don't be surprised if he goes higher than what he's projected, which is mm. anywhere between bottom of the lottery to like seven to New York. But that's one guy. The second guy, I got his video up and ready. I just got to commentate it. Jade McDaniels out of Washington. McDonald's All-American yeah. playing the G League. I mean, all the tools, all the tools, 6'10", long wingspan, can handle the ball. Um, I hate comparisons, but the easy one would be kind of like Kevin Durant. Um, potential defensive guy, block shots, good instincts. Only question is, is his motor, but he's still young. Yep. And then the third player, people know who he is, but is Terrell uh, Terry. Terrell Terry out of uh, Stanford. Yeah. And it's amazing because we're at the point now where I think one of the marks of a great player is what is your lineage on the, or I would say your effect on the game and what comes out of your lineage going forward. So we're at the point now with Steph Curry's greatness where we've seen Trey Young. Now yeah. we see this young man coming behind him, Terry who can get his shot off quick, 
four level score. So that's like, as we like to used to say, shooting from dummies. <laughs> yeah. Pulling up transition, bro. Can pass, create. I mean, just reminds me of Steph. So I think he should go high in the draft. We'll see how that goes. But um, I even tweeted out that him and Kyra Lewis, let's not overthink in New York. Take them at one of them at seven. But those are my three that I believe we could look back in this draft who, depending on where they get drafted, it could be all over the place. They could end up possibly being the best three players to come out of this draft. Hey, man. Y'all heard it exclusive here on Why Not Sports. Zach giving us that quick rundown of some sleepers or people that you might not have here or heard of from main media outlets. I got two more questions for you. Yep. Regarding the heavy hitters or the large media outlets, you know they tend to bite from people like yourself, right? So what do you do or what have you done to confront somebody or someone that tried to steal what you already said? I don't confront them at all, Mark, to be honest with okay. you. Um, I feel like let them do what they do. What I do do now is I keep the receipts. Ah. So I'll hit them with the retweet or the repost to show like, no, 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 no. I actually said this not only two weeks ago. I said some of the stuff I've said months ago, wow. you know, and I got that from my man Rashad. I ain't going to lie. That's a trick that he does. He pulls these tweets from. <laughs> yeah. Post West sometimes. But yeah. I feel like people going to do what they want to do. And yeah. to me, I, I, I take it as a compliment. Yeah. And it shows that I'm doing something right. And it shows that I'm going to have longevity in this business because I could constantly keep coming up with content. Yeah. Obviously, you can't. And people could take that how they want to take it. But that's literally how I feel about it. Like, I, I come up with content all the time. I just sometimes shelve content depending on the times. Yeah. So if you feel like you got to take it from me, I... They say imitation is the highest form of flattery, so I'll take that. But well, we saw that recently. I compared Peyton Pritchard to Jason Kidd at Cal. People yeah. went crazy. Was, was, some people got what I was trying to say. You know, some people with their small minds thinking I'm talking all NBA, all time great right. point. Like, obviously, y'all didn't see Kidd at Cal, right? Because it's a combination of how they played at Cal, the rosters being kind of similar. And even them having the same type of build and body type. Yeah. So now, fast forward, some of the major outlets, some of the main guys, now they kind of singing Pritchard's praises. And, you know, humble brag to even kind of solidify it. Pritchard liked one of the tweets. Ah. So that was that. For me, that kind of stuff just lets me know, like, okay, you recognize, you know, game. And as, you know, as the old folks would say, everything that's done in the dark will come to light anyway, both right. negative and positive. So, you know, when it's time for me to get my flowers, I will always get my flowers. And, you know, somebody like a Kendrick Perkins, who's been on my platform a couple times, you know, he legitimately told me, like, man, you won the best. I love what you're doing. Yeah. Basketball mind. So when you get that kind of praise from people who are on larger platforms, go ahead. Steal all you want. Yeah. I'm going to keep working hard and creating content. There it is. There it is. And the last question I have, this NBA season we crown, well, not we, but they crown. <laughs> yeah, right. The Los Angeles Lakers. Mm-hmm. What was your thought about the bubble, and should there be a quote-unquote asterisk on the LA Lakers championship? 
So it's more, I guess, it's not the last question. It's the last few questions. <laughs> no, I got you. Uh, I'll take the last one first. I don't believe in asterisks. Um, and I was kind of surprised at the people that said that. But again, a lot of people don't have perspective. I get it. But anytime you've worked that hard to compete, get your body ready, and then considering the circumstance, pandemic, being away from your family, and people were making light of that because they were athletes making millions of dollars. Like, they should just go play basketball. And I'm like, most of y'all wouldn't survive two weeks if they told y'all y'all had to stay on this campus and you couldn't leave. Right. And most people didn't get to see their family because they only started letting the families come as the playoffs started in yep. advance. So you go on months without your, your, your significant other, without your children there. Like, that's no tough, that's no easy task. So for them to win that... I, I was like, that was impressive. I thought the overall bubble big picture was a success because, again, I keep saying, unless they're going to release another stimulus and even though the election was settled today, it doesn't still look like it might happen anytime soon. We need sports in this country, both college and professional. Yeah. It feeds a lot of people. Yeah, we look at the people on top. But they said anywhere from, I forget the numbers now, but we'll just say thousands of people were employed by that bubble. Yeah. Like thousands, even down to how they prep the food, how they sort it through the mail. So sometimes, you know, you got to kind of look at things big picture. And the fact that they were able to pull that off, I thought it was incredible. I thought the product, because I'm just a basketball nerd, I thought it was pretty good. I yeah. knew it would be good because all they did was copy the TBT. And just do it at a bigger yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know and i thought hooping wise the product was great because for them it was like hooping in a in a rec center because you yep. played the same gym so you didn't have to deal with the depth perception in different arenas you didn't have to travel you know you you were focused it wasn't all the you know quote-unquote extracurricular activities going on and all that kind of stuff so i thought the product was great uh, all things considered, you know, I'm one of those people sometimes, bro, you just got to just counsel blessings. And the fact that we was able to have basketball, yeah, let's not nitpick it and tear it apart yeah. and talk about asterisks and all that kind of stuff. It was what it was. We didn't put asterisks on strike certain championships. So why would we put an asterisk on this one? I said going in that this probably might be the toughest championship we ever see. Man, I believe it. I believe it. There it is. Well, man, hey, welcome world. For the first time, listeners, thank you for tuning in. The avid listeners, what up here on Why Not Sports? We talk about the good, bad, and the ugly of sports and how it impacts your everyday life. Y'all heard my man Zach over here giving us some thought-provoking, realistic <laughs> information on, like you said, if that person or those people who, you know, want to, criticize the game or criticize these players if they was in them certain uh they was in those circumstances or in those situations they would have failed a long time ago yeah yeah i i again like i laugh at some of the stuff i see like people because the cases are rising again and that's a whole nother show for another day yeah, but it yeah. is i'll be trying to tell people like y'all do realize this is a service-based economy like we don't make anything in this country so if services are not being provided and nobody's releasing money, how's it supposed to work? And nobody can ever answer that. You know, nobody can ever answer that. But you know what? I have perspective. I get it. We scared people <laughs> half to death. 
with this virus. So you got people talking out of both sides of their mouth. But, yeah. you know, salute to the NBA to able to, again, pull that off big picture, man. And now looks like we got a start date on the 22nd. Man. Yes, sir. So they still have to finalize the financials. Uh, that's fascinating if you haven't seen that yet. Yeah. How they gonna have to break these salaries down and all that kind of stuff? So it's prorated, as I like to tell oh, people. Yeah. <laughs> put them on payment plans. I heard today that, for example, LeBron James and like a few other players have to actually write the NBA a check. Yeah, they got their money up front already. Yeah, like because of last season, like I was like, man, this is just it's a, it's a new world, Murph. It's a yeah. new world, man. It's a new world, and I think. You know, we're going to look back at his time and I, you know, for some of us and I was just fortunate. Nobody got sick. You know, we take right. care of ourselves pretty well. I didn't yeah. lose any family members. But at the same time, I used this time to kind of sit down, reevaluate, you know, take my craft serious. And to be honest with you, the listenership went through the roof from April to now compared yeah. to what I did all my first three years combined. Yeah. So I really believe for those of us who are able to remain healthy I think this was a time that you should have just took advantage of that piece. Yeah. And a time to really reevaluate what you were doing, why you were sitting still. You know, really evaluate. And some of us were able to level up and some of us wasn't. So, you know, I, I really believe, though, this is a, a crucial turning point of the future, not only this country, but the world going forward. And I think what people, the people that got to work and got busy during this time, I'm going to be in a lot better space than a lot of people who didn't take advantage of this time. And Zach took advantage. I obviously took advantage because he took time to rock with yours truly. Shout out <laughs> to LeBron James and those other guys. To Like he said earlier, Zach said, don't be afraid to put your hands in other things. Yeah. LeBron James and others who's paying the NBA to help their league out. That's, like you said, that's a whole nother show. But that motivates me to have another platform and have other avenues where I can make income outside of my quote-unquote job. But on another note, Zach, <laughs> it's time to go. Appreciate it. Appreciate Man, it. No doubt, brother. Just let the world know where they can find you, where they can listen to the shows. Well, you can find me on all your streaming platforms. Like I always say, there's no excuse why you shouldn't be consuming this, this good content that I'm bringing. Facts. The, the podcast is The Off The Glass Podcast, The Off The Glass Podcast. The website is WWD Off The Glass Podcast. So the link to my YouTube channel. If you want to support the pod financially, my Patreon page is there. It's only $5 a month to subscribe. So we're not hitting you over the head with that. And then if you want to get some merch, we have some hoodies and T-shirts. You can head over to my store. The link can be found on my Instagram is Zach the Off the Glass Podcast. And then my Twitter has the link as well is Zach at the Off the Glass. So make sure to follow me. As Murph told you, I follow back. And if, as long as you're not disrespectful, <laughs> I, I engage and chop it up. We don't have to always agree, but yeah. I am big on, 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 on respect. You know, I'm definitely big on respect. So follow me. I follow you back. Murph, love your pro, your platform. Appreciate you too, brother. Having me on, man. I'm glad we was able to make this work, man. And anytime you need me, let me know. I'm available. Hey, man. I'm going to hold you to that too, bro. So, hey, world, when y'all see Zach, or if y'all don't see Zach come back within the next six months, 
y'all hit him up or at both of us and say what's <laughs> oh, up with this dope content. Get, make sure you check out the make sure to follow me and Murph. I'm gonna be dropping tune in on you know, stream us on draft night, yes. man. This is this is groundbreaking in a lot of ways. And I, I would say this even if I wasn't being a part of it. You know, we we're, we're gonna go on live and compete with ESPN and some of the other platforms, man, and check us out, man. You know, we really pride ourselves. It starts with uh, the owner and proprietor, Rashad Phillips of Sports Talk 2319, and really bring you that content in depth. We're not going to just talk about the lottery. We're going to really give you some players, give you some guys, and we've been doing our research and getting ready. So soon as that information is made available, it should be dropping Monday with the links and all that kind of stuff. Make sure to tune in November 18th on Wednesday and, and stream us. You can have ESPN on, ESPN on, but make sure to stream us as well and support that. Well, you know I'll be doing that for sure. Hey, y'all. Y'all heard Zach. And for the first time, listeners, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at It's DMurf. You can find the podcast Instagram page on, um, excuse me, at Why Not Sports underscore. For my people in the Midwest, for my people who graduated in the late 90s, early 2000s, for the <laughs> podcasters out there, for the sports heads out there, you got myself, you got Zach, man. We just gave y'all just a little, a little something, man, just to, you know, crack, crack, crack the crack the ice a little bit just to let y'all know it's more to come. Dope content. Two brothers, same lane, but different aspects of the game. So, y'all, I'm out. Until next time, y'all be safe. Peace. You know my motto. Man and no team, but a lover of basketball. Talk soon. Keep on